1: Is no credentials required? Covering sports around the mighty five one eight. Part of the Billy Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. Here is your host, Ryan McCarthy.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to No Credentials Required. This this podcast is brought to you by Billy Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. This is episode sixty five, and I'm going to do this edition. Is going to be the drop in. It's going to be uh, uh both local sports and talking about the New York Jets and the New Jersey Devils in this episode. Before I continue, though, I just want to look, remind you about our social media channels on Instagram and Twitter. It's Belly Up and Sorry, it's on Twitter, and Instagram. It's No Creds R E Q. So what I've done is that I have streamlined all social media channels to just kind of. Be on because I'm I'm on two networks. I figured it would be easier to just, just look for no credentials required on one channel. So on Twitter and Instagram, no creds req. Facebook.com/slash no creds req. And on YouTube, still the same. No credentials required. Just search no credentials required. Hit subscribe. Hit notifications. That way, you know when new videos come up. Uh, I know I haven't I haven't really made too many videos over the last couple of weeks. I apologize for that. Uh, it's been kind of busy, both personally and uh, professionally. So, uh, I promise I'll have more uploads for you in the next, uh, the next, the next uh, couple weeks or so. Uh, but let's see. What's just gonna? Right now, we're just gonna just chill for a bit. Just like some personal things going on, professional things going on. Nothing really bad. It's just uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. So, um, on, and if you're listening to the podcast, subscribe. Hit the subscribe. Hit the subscribe button trying to gain new followers this year, trying to build the audience this year. That's been my mission. If you're listening, tell a friend, especially if you're in the Mighty 518, tell a friend, Uh, tell a friend, tell an enemy, (laughs) tell an enemy too. Uh, Just wanted to uh, just, again, we're trying to build the audience for this year, trying to be the best sports podcast in the area. So look for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, Podchaser, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, tune in wherever you find podcasts, leave a rating. Five stars is always preferred. And if you can, on whichever platform you subscribe to, if you can leave a review, be so kind and do that. And if I get a review, whether it be on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, wherever you leave wherever you can leave a review, I might even read it on the air. And also don't forget to visit our bonfire store, bonfire.com, search no credentials required. We've got some gear, represent the show, buy some gear, get yourself a t-shirt or a hoodie. Or if you're a lady, you can get yourself a t-shirt too. We're also raising some money for No Shave November, which helps raise money for cancer research. So got some specially designed t-shirts there, buy a shirt, rip the show. All right, so this episode, we're going to start with the Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. And we're going to look at the last four games of the New Jersey Devils, and they lost to the Senators four to one. As I was recording last Monday's show, they lost. They uh, they scored the first goal, and then after that, four unanswered by the Senators. The next night, they're in Montreal, and they wound up beating the brakes off of them seven to one. That game, I, I thought, I thought they're going to have to make some changes in that game after that game because if they had lost to the Canadians, who are in a big slump with the exception of tonight they actually came back and won their game 3-2 over st louis for martin st louis first ever coaching win in the national hockey league but this was the actual this game was the actual was actually the doom game for uh dominic du charme was the uh, coach who took over the canadiens last year guide them to the stanley cup final all the way to the stanley cup final and this year he loses not only carrie price he also loses jasperi katkaniemi and philippe denot to free agency so two of his big uh, guys also lost shea weber he might not even he might not play again we'll see uh, with all the injuries he had but he lost four of his best players and this win in New Jersey Devils put up seven goals in this game. Dawson Mercer had one goal and one assist. Michael McLeod had two goals. And Ryan Graves, he had he had two assists. So this was the game that did in Dominic Ducharme. Devils win 7-1. to Look at the box score here. Jesper Bachfist got a goal and an assist. Dawson Mercer with a goal and an assist. And Ryan Graves, two assists. John Gillies, 30 saves on 31 shots. So he earns himself a win in this game. Two nights later, they're in St. Louis, and this was a comeback win. This is what, this is one of the rare comeback wins the Devils have had this year. Devils were behind 3-2 after two periods, and then five goals scored in the final frame with Nico Hesher scoring the game-winning goal. He was the first star with two goals and an assist. Braden Shen was the second star for the Blues. Two goals on the, on the, na- on the night. Yegor Sharangovich had, had a really nice assist on that Heesher goal. Actually, Sure had a really nice assist on uh, Sharangovich's goal. But doubles win, 7-4, a wild game. P.K. Subban got things started with an unassisted goal. Michael McLeod scored his sixth of the year. Back-to-back goals for him on back-to-back nights. Blues scored three unanswered, and then the doubles have a, has that five-goal Outburst in the third period with Sharon Govich, Heeshier, Vesey, Bachfest, and Heeshier again scoring for the New Jersey Devils. So the Devils went up, snap, not only snapping a losing streak in their last game against Montreal, but they also beat, up, also beat one of the best teams in the Western Conference with that win. Sunday afternoon, right before the Super Bowl, they you know Sunday matinee against the Penguins. They scored first. No uh, goals were scored in the first period. Jack Hughes gets his thirteenth of the year at 7:02 in the second. Mike Matheson answers uh, six minutes later. Brian Russ scores 36 seconds into the third period, which has kind of been the downfall of the Devils this year, uh, allowing early goals in the second and third periods. That kind of gets them, but uh, it kind of gets them low. But Nico here again, he's uh, here's here's that name again, uh, easily becoming the most one of the guys who is going to be the most valuable player on this team this year. Uh, But he scored his 13th goal to tie the game at the 251 mark. Then Brian Boyle, the ex-Devil, scored to make it 3-2. And then Jake Gensel was 24th of the year to seal it for the Penguins, the empty net goal. Then on Tuesday night, the Lightning come to town. The Devils actually go up (laughs) 3-1. They're three 3-1 at one point. Dawson Mercer had himself a game. One goal, two assists, but it wasn't enough as the Devils would actually surrender. Five unanswered goals. In the second and third period, as uh, they dropped this one, they this is a young team. I, this is a young team, and they they need to learn how to finish. They learn how to, need to learn how to finish strong uh, and try to get a win because this is a uh, this is a big letdown. They were up three one on the World Champs. They had already beaten them once this year. They've they've actually had some really good games against the Tampa Bay Lightning this year. And unfortunately, Lightning this year. Unfortunately, this game it was just it was a it was a bomb. It was just a flop, and you can't you can't be in a league, and you can't expect to win in a league when you're allowing five unanswered goals. The second period, Jack Hughes scored to put the Devils up 3-1 with his 14th goal of the year. Then Stephen Stamkos, followed by Alex Kalorn, scored to go up to uh, tie the score at three. Victor Hedman got the, got the game-winning goal, followed by Nikita Kucherov and Pierre-Edouard Belmer conclude scoring so right now the devils as i record this on thursday night at 11:23 23 p.m uh, like i said it's been a busy personal schedule so i've had to adjust some of my recording times right now the devils are in last place in the metropolitan division 17 and 28 with five overtime losses good for 39 points they're actually tied with philadelphia in points but philadelphia has less games and less losses they have less wins, but they have less losses for the doubles. So therefore they are tied for last place in the Metropolitan Division. But doubles on the fact on the on the uh on the fact they have more losses, they have three more losses than the Flyers. They wound up being uh they're sitting in the bottom of the standings right now. So looking to the weekend ahead for the doubles, and actually their next game is not until February 24th, which is next Thursday. So they've got three games and four nights. Actually, have four games and five nights coming up. So Thursday, next Thursday, the 24th, they're at Pittsburgh, at 7 o'clock start. Then they're at Chicago the next night, 8.30 start there. And they return home on Monday, the 28th to face Vancouver. And then finally, they're at Columbus on Tuesday, March 1st. Again, four games and five nights. That's a, that's a, that's a sorry, five games, four games and six nights. Whew. Four games and six nights for the Devils. That's going to be a heck of a it's a heck of a heck of a schedule here, so we're past the point of the uh, schedule where we're supposed to have that Olympic break but that did not go through, so we're making up games as we go along and the Devils went 2-2, two and two. so not not entirely bad. Not entirely, actually the Devils, yeah, the Devils went 2-2 two and two, so not entirely bad uh, at making up those games. I thought they would finish 0-4 to be frank with you, but not so much, not so much. So Devils has some games coming up, four games and six nights coming up next, no, over the next two weeks. Now let's move on to the New York Jets. And a couple weeks ago, and you don't go back and listen now, <laughs> but uh, when you have a chance after this episode, listen to this episode, I had just fan form with my buddies, Dan and Kyle, Dan, who used to be my co-host at downtown Jets and Kyle from the Trav and Rigney show. Uh, we're all Jets fans. We had a nice talk about the New York Jer- New York Jets and see what they can do in the off season. Actually, what how how they did in the in the regular season and what they can do to improve in the postseason. This is what I did. I wrote an I actually wrote an article on BillyUpSports I addressed the offense, the defense, and the special teams. So I'm just gonna kind of skim over that article just a bit. Let you know my thoughts on what the what the uh, New York Jer- New York Jets can do in the off season. We got the. We get the free we got free agency starting in less than a month. We've got the draft coming up in uh, on, the, on the weekend of April twenty eighth through April thirtieth. It's gonna be a big weekend, and the uh, Jets can improve in a lot of ways. So, you know, we, we this is a, you know, being the third full year of the Joe Douglas regime. The twenty twenty class we kind of I, I kind of went over last week, and coming up on the twenty twenty one draft class. Much better, much better this time around. I think part of it had to do. I think, well, Jets fans, their consensus is had a lot to do with whoever's who was the head coach in the last in the last uh two seasons ago. I won't mention his name, but it uh uh it rhymes with uh Madam Chase, <laughs> so I'll put it like that, Madam Chase. So let's go over the each court each position in the court in the uh offense start at quarterback what did what do the jets need to do well they don't need to draft another quarterback that's for sure (laughs) unless something really something really unless something really crazy happens i mean in in 2020 they drafted james morgan and he was released he came back and then he was released again so they had their quarterback in zach wilson he showed a lot of development over the last half of the season following his injury mike white needs to be resigned i think i think the the Jets will do some good to have two young quarterbacks in uh, on the roster. Uh, Joe Flacco, I guess you could say he could stay, I guess, for a cheap option as a cheap option, just in case either of these quarterbacks go down. But it's very possible he could retire. I, I don't have a, I'm not speculating. He would, I don't have anything to go behind on that, but I have a feeling that he either will probably go to another team or he might retire. Now the thing is, if you had all three quarterbacks in the lineup, all three quarterbacks believe they could start in this offense. And it took some time for Zach Wilson to get comfortable in this offense. It's a Mike LaFleur offense. We're starting to see Wilson's game develop. He doesn't have to play hero ball every single time. Sometimes he needs to play boring football, but I think the ex- more exciting football will come once he's and now he has a full year. In the system, Mike White had that tremendous game on. Came in for the came in the game against the Patriots, cleaned up there where he could. Had that amazing game on Halloween against the Bengals, which by the way, the Jets had host the Bengals again this year, this season, this coming season, 2022. So that might be another L for the Bengals, who are. I guess we'll talk. We'll talk about the Super Bowl in just a few minutes. I guess we'll. I guess we'll talk about Super Bowl too. But you get three quarterbacks who can start, who are either uh, you were very confident they could start. It's actually not a bad thing. And I know where people are saying, Joe Flacco, why, why would we bring back Joe Flacco? Why would you do that? Cause last year quarterbacks, uh, every position, pretty much every position on this team was dropping like flies, getting hurt, filling in positions. Depth was huge last year, even though they finished, <laughs> even though they finished with a, another garbage record four and 13, they actually, finish up the season strong with all that depth. They had all that added depth in the draft and in free agency and picking guys up off the waiver wire. We'll get, we'll talk about that a little bit more, but they say, you say, why well, we have a reason to keep three quarterbacks in the roster. Well, that's why one of these quarterbacks might get hurt. Zach Wilson might get hurt again, Bring in Mike white or have Mike white and Joe Flacco compete for the backup spot. And whoever is the third quarterback can uh join the practice roster or try to get reps where he can, but but I think Mike White, he's gonna ask for he's gonna ask for a pay raise. He's a free agent this year, and this this year's a free agency. He's I think he's got, he's looking for a uh for a bump in pay. I won't I won't blame him. Give him give him a, a one-year deal for a million bucks or a two-year deal worth two million or two or two five. He earned that bump in pay last year with those two with that tremendous that tremendous game. Cincinnati yeah he flopped the next week against Buffalo but you can't expect the miracle story to, to last that long so bump and pay for Mike White keep him around I guess you could see I guess you could keep Joe Flacco around too just to be as a, just to be a mentor for uh, both Wilson and White in that regard all right so moving on to running back packed this is a packed running backs room last year Had a lot of running backs in that room last year and Michael Carter Michael P. Ryan, Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, Austin Walter. Again, this was a position that was that needed depth last year. Now, Michael Carter, he emerged as number one running. He, he emerged as our running back one in this lineup. Had 639 yards, four touchdowns. Also contributed on the receiving side. Again, like Mike White, had a huge game on Halloween Day against the Cincinnati Bengals, and that led to me drinking a. Drinking a hard seltzer for the first time. Bluch. But anyway, <laughs> Michael Carter merged as a running back. One was actually having a pretty himself a really big day against Tampa Bay in week 17 or week 16. Excuse me. They got a concussion. He was out the next week and didn't play that much against Buffalo. Didn't play the rest of the game against Tampa. And I think he, if he stayed in the lineup, I, if he stayed healthy, if he didn't get that concussion in the uh, first or second quarter, that that Jets team could have upset the Buccaneers. So Tevin Coleman, he's a free agent this year. Uh, I don't expect him back. I guess you, you could bring him back at a, this kind of price, but just to act as a as a uh, as a mentor for Carter. Well, Michael P Ryan, I probably think he's going to be either traded or cut. Only played in four games this year. Got 14 touches. Spent last most of the year on IR. I don't think he's coming back. He's part of that 2020 draft class. That's kind of Kind of out there uh, in the in the wilderness, Ty Johnson, he had a very streaky season this year, looked great in some spots, looked terrible in others. I think in that uh, in that Jacksonville game or was the Houston game, he has a couple drops as a as a pass receiving running back. and that was not great. Then Austin Walter came back, came came off the practice roster, had to fill in for Carter and all his other guys due to injury. And I think he played in that. I think he might have been the starting running back in that uh, in that game in Buffalo, where they actually the defense filled in pretty nicely, and Jets could have Jets could have upset Buffalo, but Buffalo wound up pulling it pulling it out at the end because the Jets' offense couldn't stay on the field. So, what did the Jets do in this position? Um, I think I think Douglas will Douglas will draft a running back. He's done it the last two seasons. I'm not going to be surprised if he does it again this year. And they'll have to probably have to draft them in the later rounds because you know, I mean, unless you have a special, you have a special talent out there like a Najee Harris. Running backs are going to drop. This is this is a this is a secondary and offensive line and edge heavy draft, especially in the first round. And running backs will be at a premium. And the Jets, I think the Jets hopefully think they might have either Kenneth Walker III from Michigan State or Brees Hall from Iowa State be available in the later rounds in the first three rounds they have picks one through 69 so they can make a huge difference on both sides of the ball with those five picks and joe douglas is half he has to hit on these picks this year so i won't be surprised if especially if walker or Brees hall is available uh, i won't be surprised if they just try to take him take either one of those guys in the third round because right now i think they're respectively 58th and 62nd in the prospects for this year. Wide receiver depth is going to be huge. And I think the Jets a lot of Jets fans are saying the same thing. A lot of Jets beat writers are saying this. I think they're going to try to go after Calvin Ridley. Uh, There's rumblings that Calvin Ridley doesn't want to be in Atlanta anymore. Uh, Last year, he only played in six games. But he could be, but but the Jets want to try to find Zach Wilson players can help him now. And I think Calvin Ridley can certainly do that. He's young enough that the Jets won't have to pay a whole premium for him. If they do, I would probably have to think they'd probably send him a pack. They had, they'd send the Falcons a pack, a package of picks and that might include a second round, one of the second rounders that the Jets have. And if you what? if that happens, I won't be mad. (laughs) I won't be mad at all because Calvin Ridley could be that, that catalyst They've got, they're going to, they're just going to get Corey Davis back. They're going to get Elijah Moore back. They're going to be healthy. Braxton Barrios is kind of a, up in the air. I, I'll talk about him in a couple of moments. Jameson Crowder, Keelan Cole, they're both free agents. I don't see them sticking around. Vincent Smith, he's a gunner. He's the Jets gunner on special teams. I think he'll stay uh, at a at a lower price. Berrios is going to be seeking a pay raise. Uh, he's a free agent this year. Crowder and Cole probably won't be retained. but. Again, uh, the Jets are gonna need. <laughs> Jets are gonna have cap space to fill to to fill in Ridley, and Ridley's on his last, I believe his he's on his last last year of his rookie contract. It's gonna pay him eleven million dollars this year, and then he's an unrestricted free agent. So will the Jets make a risk? Will Will Douglas take the risk, and will he send a package of picks over to the Falcons for a Calvin Ridley or? Will he try to sign somebody free agency? Like uh, name wide receiver here. <laughs> I don't see the. I don't see the. I don't see them going for Devonte Adams. Adams is going to be a free agent. Aaron Rodgers is going to be either looking for a pay raise or looking for or or, or the Packers are going to try to optimize their cap situation. They they're kind of in cap hell right now. Uh, but I think they're going to jettison a lot of those defensive players they picked up during the last couple of seasons, and I think they're going to try to win rogers another another title and they're going to go in all in and i think they're going to re sign they're going to re sign adams uh, i think they they're going to re- retain lazard excuse me uh valdez scaling was a uh, pretty huge for aaron Rodgers. same with vent same with uh equaminia st brown so i see i don't see the jets picking up devante adams i think they get going to get a guy like uh like calvin ridley so i expect the I expect the Jets to be in play for him. They send a nice package of picks. I think I think the uh, wor- the risk will be worth the reward. But they also got to sign Braxton Barrios. He's going to look for a pay raise too after his deal is up. So I think he will get a nice bump in pay. Otherwise, the Jets going to have to look. going to have to look for some more depth at wide receiver. Hopefully, they don't re-sign Keelan Cole. <laughs> Although Keelan Cole had some interesting had some key catches this past season. One of them didn't count against the Bengals in that huge game, but. But I think the I think the, the Jets are gonna try to get themselves uh, a, a difference maker, and that could be Calvin Ridley. Tight end. The Jets are gonna have to either address tight end in free agency or in the draft. We discussed in our round table the possibility of the Jets picking up Dalton Schultz from the Cowboys. And this is a, his rookie deal is up. He's a free agent. Mike LaFur system, they you need know, a pass catching tight end. Like San Francisco has, and George Kittle and Dalton Schultz picks up the system. He fits the system perfectly. You can pass, you can you can block, and he can make he can make receptions. A lot of Jets fans think, oh my, it could be Mike Gesicki from the from the Dolphins. He's uh, he's a free agent this year. I don't. uh, He's a great he's a great pass catching tight end. Just can't block. (laughs) He just can't block. But here's the here's the thing: the Jets can afford him. The dolphin, the, the, excuse me, the Cowboys may not be able to, but they can still franchise tag him. They can tag him with the franchise tag, and that might be a sticky wicket because the Jets try to sign, uh, try to sign Dalton Schultz. That means the Jets surrender a first-round pick because he would be considered a an RFA, and the Jets would have to give up a first-round pick for Dalton Schultz. So, what happens if, if what happens if Dalton Schultz? Is tagged with the franchise tag. Well, they could stand pat with Ryan Griffin. He's returning from injury. He signed a new deal. He, he signed a new deal in 2019 after having a, a pretty good, pretty good uh, pass catching relationship with uh, with uh, Sam Donald. But last couple of seasons, he's kind of disappeared. Last year, he was uh, he was injured, so he's coming back from injury. And if they stand pat with Ryan Griffin. They might be able to sign a veteran like uh, OJ Howard, who's a free agent, or Evan Evan Ingram. Now, here's the thing with with, uh, OJ Howard. He is an Alabama guy, like C.J. Mosley is. And I think C.J. Mosley is making the play for Calvin Ridley because Calvin Ridley is also an Alabama guy. (laughs) And if you want to win this league, you need some Alabama guys. Quinton Williams, he's an Alabama guy. C.J. Mosley, Alabama guy. OJ Howard, Alabama guy. Calvin Ridley, Alabama guy. You get these Alabama guys in your team, could turn into a winner. So, OJ Howard, he signs for make a maybe a one or two year deal if they can't get Dalton Schultz. He's, he's a good pass blocker. He's a decent enough pass uh, passers, uh, pass catcher that may, can, may be considered. Tyler Croft, he is a free agent. Uh, he might be likely, he did pretty well this year for the Jets, but I don't think that he's their future. He's in his 30s. Kenny Oboa, uh, he's still a project. He'll probably be on the practice roster again this year. Uh, the Jets have the opportunity to look at talent at the senior bowl. And one of those talents is Tremic McBride from Colorado state. He's the top projected tight end. And if McBride's available in the middle rounds, I think Douglas could take him. And especially true. If the jets were impressed with him enough for them to take him in probably the fifth or sixth round, I wouldn't be surprised or the fourth round, even if they can't find a running back. So the much, mat- the mantra of Joe Douglas has been to pick the best player who's available, and whoever's there, it could be Trey McBride, it could be Kenneth Walker III, it could be it could be Brees Hall. So we'll see. Offensive line, this is where this is where it gets interesting, and on, the, on the, both sides of the ball, uh, particularly offensive line, they've got options. They can address they can address stuff, that line. And we had that big controversy. I wouldn't say controversy, but that kind of big sound clip sound bite where Robert Sala head coach, Robert Sala said he, he that the Jets could take another tackle if Makai Becton doesn't uh, get his game together. Last year, we, we kind of talked about it. Kai Becton spent, he, he played in 48, he played 48 snaps and that was it. <laughs> he was, he was out for the rest. He played a half a game and then was out the rest of the season. He, he had a, very similar, had a very similar season to what C.J. Mosley had in 2019, where he played basically a quarter, three and a half quarters, and then that was it. Mekhi Becton played two quarters, and that was it. <laughs> so whether or not his problem is physical or mental, and it's up to him to fix it. Now, if Evan Neal's available at number four, Evan Neal from Alabama, <laughs> if he's available at four, do the Jets take him and move him to right guard? Or right tackle, excuse me. Or do they take center Tyler from, Linderbaum from Iowa? And Iowa, then do they move Connor McGovern to right guard? Because that position's in flux. We don't know what's going on there. Kyle Van Roten, uh, he is probably going to be, he's probably going to walk. And Laurent Duvernay Tardif, he's a free agent. He made $9 bucks last year, but he's also got his medical degree. And who knows where his heart is at? whether he wants to return to the Jets. Uh, he he's reportedly said he wants to return to the Jets. But we don't know where his heart is. And the fact of the matter is that he could be he could go back to Montreal and practice medicine up there. We we're, we're not sure. So we're let's see what happens there because we're not sure what's gonna happen at right guard position. We all I know is that Jets need an upgrade at right guard because that spot was streaky at best last year. So if the Jets take a defensive player at number four, do they select Charles Cross? or Kenyon Green. Charles Cross is from Mississippi State, and Kenyon Green is from Texas A&M, both SEC guys. Could could the Jets take one of them at 10? Or is it possible they trade down and take an offensive lineman in the first round? There's rumors that the Steelers might want to trade up to take Kenny Pickett as their quarterback for the future. The luxury of having options here is a foreign concept to the New York Jets and their fans, and addressing depth here is going to be really, really fun come draft time and come free agency time. The same goes for defensive line. How will the Jets address depth here in the draft? And it will be in the draft or it will be on on free agency. I think it's going to be in the draft. And a lot of mock drafts have the Jets taking Oregon edge rusher, Kayvon Thibodeau at number four. But again, the line Jets have options. Do they trade up? Do they trade a huge amount of picks to move up to take Michigan edge rusher and Hutchinson? that's going to be the least likely scenario because I I have a feeling Jacksonville or Detroit, they're going to stay at number one or number two, but whoever they select, they're going to be one of two edge rushers. opposite side of Carl Lawson, who's returning from an Achilles tear from last year. Now look at this, this starting, this look at this potential starting group at defensive line for the New York jets. And one side of the edge, you've got Kayvon Thibodeau in the middle. You've got and Williams and John Franklin Myers, who is re-signed. He's, a, he's locked up for another four seasons with the Jets. Kind of disappeared after he signed that contract, but had some key games, against the, especially against the Texans, where he had that big interception. He also had a sack in that game. And on the other side, you'll have Carl Lawson at edge in that 4-3 scheme. So it's going to be very, very, very interesting. And again, very fun to see what the Jets do in free agency and the draft. At offensive line and defensive line, it can be very intriguing. Linebacker CJ Mosley, team most valuable player in 2021, highly deserving. Also, probably deserved the court comeback player of the year. I believe he also should have deserved the comeback player of the year in the NFL this season. Um, but he was the Jets' most valuable player. Obviously, on the field, he had a for the first five weeks of the season, he was on a level. He was he was on his way to probably capturing the defensive player of the year. Uh, yeah, you got Aaron Donald. He yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> he had himself a pretty good big season in Super Bowl. But CJ Mosley, for the first five weeks of the season, he was easily the most dominant defensive player, especially at linebacker, in the NFL. Uh, Quincy Williams was a really pleasant surprise. Jets snag him from the waiver wire from J- and Jackson, from Jacksonville's waiver wire during the preseason. Turned out to be a pretty good pickup. Had some had himself some sacks, some some tackles. Was very, a very good linebacker, very good pickup. But here's the thing that might be, this is the thing that keeps that's keeping the Jets back, and that's a, that's an outside linebacker, uh, Hamza Nasruldeen. He's still a project. He was there. He was there. I believe their fifth or sixth round pick last year from Florida State, coming off of injury. Speaking of injury, Blake Cashman, who is perpetually on the injured reserve. I don't know if he's going to retire or the Jets are just going to say, pack your bags. We're, you know, we can't afford to have you not playing. And this is one of Mike McKagan's, uh picks. So awesome there. Well, the last picks of the Mike McKagan era is still with the Jets, him and Quillian Williams. Oy. But you got names like uh, Kazir White, Hassan Redick, uh, Malik Reed. Those names are out there they might pick up somebody in the free and free agency. I think they're going to address that depth in that at, especially at outside linebacker, uh, it's going to be, I think it's gonna be addressed in the free agency and to have somebody like Hassan Reddick, who could also, who could also play like a Von Miller type position and can play edge. If, 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 uh, in key situations, like a, uh, having him substitute a Kayvon Thibodeau, just to kind of have Thibodeau learn the position at the NFL level, you'll have Hassan Reddick who, who can, who's known a second quarterback or two, he is a. he's very likely he's he's been connected to the Jets in in some circles. So we'll see we'll see that and uh what the Jets do at outside linebacker. I think they're gonna try to pick up a free agent who can play a lot of snaps, who's versatile, and can fill in that outside linebacker position. Secondary, this will probably be addressed in free agency. Uh, unit again, just like every other unit on this team, marred by injuries, absolutely just devastated by injuries. Marcus May. Unfortunately, he had that tear, that Achilles tendon tear against Indianapolis. Jets are forced to start rookies. Uh, Bryce Hall, although Bryce Hall, second year cornerback from Virginia, was highly regarded. If he didn't have so many injuries, he probably wouldn't have been a first or second round pick. And the Jets got him in the fifth round of the I believe, fifth or sixth round of the 2020 draft. And he's been the one and only guy from that 2020 draft who has actually made a big difference so far for this defense. And he had a really good year in the first year in Robert Sala's system. He had a very good year. Jason Pinnock, Brandon Eccles, they started to get better in the second half of the season because, again, the Jets were forced to play rookies because of veterans going down to injury. Safety is going to be the biggest concern here. You got you got Howell coming back, you got Pinnick coming back, Eccles coming back. They had some pretty good. They started to develop pretty well. Marcus May, I, I have a feeling he's probably going to test for agency. That you try to get an extension with the Jets this past season, and the Jets put the franchise tag on him. He'll be a UFA. I have a feeling he's probably going to go and again. Another one of the guys from from Mike McCagnin's, uh final couple drafts. Ashton Davis, his development has been more of a crawl than a walk, and I I think he gets one more season. I don't think the Jets are ready to let go of him just yet because they need some depth at safety. Uh, I I believe Pinnick can play safety too, if I'm not mistaken, he can play in, uh, he can he can play in the safety position as well as corner. But Ashton Davis's development—it's at a crawl. It's not at a walk. It's a cur- or a run or a sprint. It's currently it's still at a crawl. He had some struggles last year. He he actually went up. I think it was tied for first with four interceptions this year on the team. But there are some plays where just this year where he just absolutely looked terrible. Absolutely looked terrible in in Hin I think this will be this last year. This will be be one of those make or put up or shut up type of years for Ashton Davis. And I think this is going to be that year. Now, here's another place where the Jets could possibly break the bank. And that's safety. Marcus Williams of the New Orleans Saints is one of those big names out there that it could potentially move this year. And the part of the reason why is because the Saints are in cap hell. They don't have a quarterback. Sean Payton has retired and they are in a bad situation with the cap. And I believe that I think that right now they're 70 mil, 65 or 70 million dollars over the cap. It's just ugh, ridiculous and it's going to be very difficult to retain Williams unless they apply the franchise tag on him. But I don't think the saints can afford to. And I think he walks. I think he goes somewhere else and tries to get paid. Now let's go back to 2018, the year 2018 San Francisco 49ers looking for a cornerback, looking for a cornerback, looking for a guy who plays safety. Richard Sherman who's one of the big names in the free agency spots and they pick him up. And that year, uh, next, the next the following season, excuse me, not that year, but the following season with Robert Sala as the defensive coordinator, 49ers were in the Super Bowl, and they have one of the best defenses in the league. So Richard Sherman, that one signing, made a big difference for the 49ers. And if the Jets can do the same thing for Marcus Williams, where well, they can pay him but not overpay him, not pay the Jets tax like they used to do in the back in the day, that like the Jets did with Trumaine Johnson a couple of years ago, we had that one big year with the Los Angeles Rams signs with the Jets and then falls off the face of the earth because of injury, because of inconsistency. Well, Mike McCagnon's flops as general manager with a, uh, as a general manager and a free agency signing. That was one of the biggest flops in Jets history. And, I think the Jets are looking to avoid paying that Jets tax to overpay just to make just to be just to make a splash in free agency and be part of the back pages of the tabloids of the uh, Times of the uh, New York Post and the New York Daily News. So I think the Jets I think they just could take a risk with Marcus Williams. Uh, I, I think they give him a they probably give him a one year, probably a one year or two year deal between somewhere between 12 and 15 mil per year. Don't want to overpay him. Want to pay him, but don't want to overpay him, and to make a uh, to make a big difference in the secondary. And a guy like him who can mentor Bryce Hall, Jason Pinnock, Brandon Eccles, and can be the difference maker in that secondary for the Jets. Special teams. This will be the last position. This will be the last position that, that I address here. So special teams. NAP Nero, I think he resigns. He went eight for eight in field goals after they released Matt Amendola. He also went three for three from 40 to 49 yards. And I think he had also had a 50 yarder an over 50 yarder. So I think he stays with the, with the jets. He's an ERFA going into 2022. And I think the jets will give him a raise. Braden, man, he's going to stay put had seven, missed seven games this year. Still in his rookie deal. His punt average went up in 2021 though, even though he, he only played a t- Peter in 10 games, his punt average actually went up a couple of yards this past season. And as I mentioned, Braxton Barrios. Earned a Pro Bowl nomination. He had 1,053 return yards at both kick returner and punt returner. Also had that 102-yard kick return for a touchdown in week 15 against Jacksonville. Hopefully they don't overpay him. They keep him around. They don't overpay him. I say you give him a three-year deal worth 15, 15 million dollars. 15 mil or 15 or 15 uh or 18.5 or 20 mil. Like pay him no more. I say pay him no pay him no more than six mil if you're going to keep him around. He was a big part of that offense, especially in the last six weeks of the year, where guys were just dro- again wide receiver spot dropping like too many injured guys. So I think Jets resign Baxton Barrios. They they keep him around. Still a young enough guy where he can play a couple years, make a big impact for the team, and hopefully, within the next four seasons, they'll be a contender. They'll be in the playoffs. They might even be. They might even go to the Super Bowl. We'll see. High hopes for this team. Let's see what happens with uh, the New York Jets in free agency and the draft coming up very, very soon. All right. Let's take a quick commercial break for Belly Up Sports. And this is a word from one of our sponsors that's manscaped. And again, this commercial is a little bit stale, but the feeling still applies, guys. Get that junk shaved. We'll be back in just a moment. Listen to no credentials required.
0: Roses are red, violets are blue, but don't let a wild pube wreck you. Valentine's Day is just around the corner and our sponsors at Manscaped are here for you with the best tools to get your balls ready for the special occasion. This V-Day, it's time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY for 20% off and free shipping. The holidays went by so quickly. Did you remember to take care of your package with the best tools for the job? The Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is just the thing every guy needs in their life to make each and every day just a little more special. The number one product in this package is the Lawmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. And get this the trimmer's advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate balls. It even has a 4000K LED spotlight so you can shave. Anywhere your heart desires. Get 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code bellyupfantasy at manscaped.com today.
2: All right, welcome back to No Credentials Required. As Shoresy would say, give your balls a shave. <laughs> so, we're going to go into the Mighty 518 Sports beat. And we're going to start with the Albany Firewolves. They traveled to Rochester on Saturday night and wind up falling in that game 15 to 13. And it all started in the first quarter. They were down 3 nothing. went up going down 6-1 at one point, but they started to rally. They started to rally in the second quarter. They got within 6-4, but Rochester scored again, and then Albany would actually be within one at the end of the period thanks to a power play goal from Joe Rosatara. It's third quarter, not much scoring in the third quarter. Rochester finally broke, th- broke things open. After Matt Gilrig's goal at 447, Holden Cotone would add to the lead at 9-6. Firewolves would rally again, get within 9-8, but then Holden Cotone once again would absolutely destroy the Firewolves' chances. They got, again, they got within one. Andrew Q with a big goal coming back from injury. Uh, He had the big goal at 322, but then Thomas Hogarth scored two goals uh, very close in for the Nighthawks. And that included a power play goal at 8-14 as the Nighthawks would go up 12-9. Jackson Nishimura got the scoring within two, and then Rock and went back and forth, back and forth, and the firewalls would get close to four, get very close at 14 to 12 when Jacob Brewway scored. But then the Nighthawks would conclude scoring with an empty net goal. Andrew Q scored another one at 14:49, but at the end of the game, that was pretty much it. And this would be another win for Rochester. They they have <laughs> they have the Firewolves number. They had that big win on home opener for the Firewolves. They absolutely destroyed them, 16 to seven. The big story here was Holden Katoni, who is again just having. Just had himself a game against the Firewolves. Four goals, one assist, one assist. Sean Evans for the Nighthawks, would have his first star. One goal, nine assists for the on the night. My goodness, and Joris Tarts once again having a big night. Four goals, six assists, two power play goals for the for the Firewolves. He wound up being the second star. So the Firewolves will be on the road again on Friday night. And they went go to Buffalo to take on the Bandits, who actually had their first loss of the year. Uh, they lost to Toronto, 12-10 in week eleven. Uh, Toronto finally, Toronto beat them. If uh, the Bandits finally had their first loss of the season, but they'll be looking to get back on the positive side of the board as they host at the uh, as the Bandits host the Firewalls on Friday night, and then the Firewalls return. To the friendly confines of MVP Arena, where they will actually take on the aforementioned Toronto Rock, try to avenge that week one loss as the Rock stands five and three currently, a game and a half in front of the Firewolves. So two games and two nights. Albany, well, right now, oh guess what, Albany? You don't need to bring in a COVID test anymore. You don't need to bring in a a proof of vaccination anymore to go to a game. You don't have to wear a mask (laughs) inside the MVP arena. If you want to attend a game, those things were, those mandates were lifted. Hip, hip, hooray. And now that means you have no excuse <laughs> anymore to miss an Albany Firewolves game. So get your butt to the arena. Seven o'clock start doors open at five 30. It's a pregame concert. Lots of fun for the whole family. Get yourself down. I believe it's also breast cancer awareness night, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, so get yourself to the arena, uh, meet some survivors for breast cancer, support the fight. And also support your Firewolves. Let's move on to the ECHL's Adirondack Thunder, and, and we've we're hit another hit another streak for the Thunder, but unfortunately, it's another losing streak. They've lost their last four in a row. That started on Tuesday the eighth, where they traveled to Reading to take on the Royals, and again, Reading Royals have the Thunder's number, and again they proved that on Thursday uh, Thursday morning. I'm sorry, Tuesday morning, uh, 10 10:30 game as the Reading Royals beat Adirondack 6 to 1. And then the Thunder would travel to Worcester for two games in two days. They Lost on Saturday night 4 to 2, lost on Sunday afternoon at a 105 start 4 to 2. And then this past Tuesday they were at trois rivieres in Quebec and they lost that game 5 to 3. So unfortunately the the Thunder on the on the losing side again. They're on the they're on the schneid. So look at the standings right now as I speak, and we're going to go to the North Division where the Thunder are reside. And right now, Reading is in first place with 52 points, 23, 10, 5, and 5 with a shootout loss. Newfoundland, three games in Newfoundland and Troisvierre have three games in hand uh, over the Royals. Uh, Newfoundland sits in second place with 45 points, 21, 12, and three. Troisvierre third place. 43 points, 20 wins, 13 losses, one overtime loss, and one shootout loss. Maine, right behind them, forty-three ga- in 43 games, they have 44 points. Again, this is a weird situation where in the league, doesn't matter how many points you have, wins matter more. <laughs> and wins matter more for the, right now, This should matter more for the Maine Mariners. They're 19, 18, 19 and 18, Went four overtime losses and two shootout losses. Worcester right behind them at 39 points, 18 wins, 19 losses, two overtime losses, and one shootout loss. At the bottom of the standings in the North Division at the Adirondack, your Adirondack Thunder, 16 wins, 22 losses, and two overtime losses. Speaking of the the Maine Mariners, one of our podcasts on the Belly Up Sports Network, the the Broadway Hat Podcast, our our friend Kyle Hall, he interviewed Jeremy Brodor who is uh, playing for the Maine Mariners. So the son of Martin Brodeur, he is on the Maine Mariners. Go ahead and check out that interview. Not right now. <laughs> Not right now, but after this podcast is over. i actually, actually listen to our Jets uh, roundtable. Go ahead and take a listen to that podcast. Broadway hat, Jeremy Brodeur. All right, so let me give you some thoughts on the Super Bowl. Got a chance to watch on Sunday night with uh, some friends of mine. And I thought it was a very competitive game up until around the end of around the last 3 minutes of the game I thought the fact that OBJ uh, Odell Beckham Jr was went down I thought that I thought that took the sales the wind right out of the sails of the Rams offense and they couldn't figure things out they couldn't run the ball the Bengals have a very stout run defense they couldn't run the ball against them they couldn't could they get their passing game going Lots of guys were getting injured for the Rams. OBJ, no exception. He he. Uh, as, as soon as I, I saw that replay where he caught his knee on the turf, he caught his leg on the turf, and he saw it just kind of stop. I had a feeling he tore his ACL again, and turns out to be true. He went up tearing his ACL, and it's an unfortunate injury because the second that's the second time he's torn his ACL. His uh, left uh, left ACL he did that with the with the Browns a couple seasons ago. And he did it here in uh, in the Super Bowl, so hopefully he heals up soon. He's a free agent. I have a feeling he's probably going to be back with the Rams at a discounted price because they want to they want to keep winning. Draft picks be damned, <laughs> first round picks be damned. He wants to be back with the team. We'll see what happens free agency. Bengals. I think the Bengals had some opportunities to put the game away, and they should have, uh, especially in that last drive. They should have. You know, uh, obviously, that one no call. In the first and the first couple plays of the third quarter, when T Higgins got away with an ab- absolutely got away with a face mask call on an OPI, but I guess the referee was out of position, and oh, a back judge with that with that position couldn't see the play. Play stood, and I'm I want I gotta wonder if the NFL is gonna have is gonna challenge is, is gonna have a challenge that counts penalties like OPI and DPI. Like they do in the Canadian football league in the Canadian football league. You can challenge if it looks like a, if it's a play that looks like OPI or DPI and it wasn't called, you can actually challenge that. Now I kind of got to wonder if the NFL and the, the competition committee is going to look into possibly look into challenging OPI and DPI. Cause there's also some things that, the Rams did Jalen Ramsey in particular. He I think he might have gotten away with a couple of calls with a couple of no calls. But the Rams kind of figured things out and and I like I guess I the Bengals had some had a lot of chances to put this game away, but their pass their, their pass rush sorry their their protection was just especially in the fourth quarter that were getting they were getting tired. They were getting tired. The Rams defense, especially the defensive line, they were getting to Joe Burrow early and often was sacked seven times he was only he was only sacked once in the first half and that Bengals defense Bengals offensive line gave up six sacks in the second half of the game and if they had an offensive line that could protect Joe Burrow I think they're going to address that in the draft and free agency this would have been a different outcome this would have been a much different outcome and if they had if they had scored another touchdown I I think that last three minutes of the game last three four minutes of the game does not come to pass And the Rams are playing from the high and they have to play rally, but credit where credit's due to Sean. I don't know if it was Sean McVay or the offensive line or the offensive coordinator or Matt Stafford said something. One of them probably said to one another, we got to get, we got to get Cooper cup the ball. He was our best player all season long. And he's been basically non-existent for the entire game with the exception of uh, that second touchdown he scored and we got to get him the ball. So I think they smartened up. They figured out, Especially that big gamble on fourth down and one within their own territory, within their own thirty-yard line, within their own end zone, the shadow of their own end zone, had that big running play and that end, at that jet sweep where they get just enough, they get, they get enough for the first down, and they, and they continue the game and they they get, into, they get into their four downs, and they continue to feed the ball to Cooper Cup, gets him the final touchdown. Really suspicious calls to the end though. While the, while the Rams are driving that one DPI, a holding call, excuse me. And that phantom false start on the offensive line. The two tackles false start. No call on that. So lots of suspicious. I won't say suspicious, but and I'm not going to put my tinfoil hat on. I'm not going to do my best Alex Jones, where I call a conspiracy. And they wanted in the NFL, wanted LA to win. And by the way, does St. Louis, does, does they get a, a championship banner? <laughs> do they get a championship banner at all? Dan chronic. He's got to do something for that city at St. Louis. But I think right now they're, he's too mad at them because they want up giving them. They, he went up having to pay $600 million to that city to, because they moved the team under suspicious circumstances, but congratulations to the Rams and your, uh, and your fans. Hope your, hope your fans in LA don't, tr- don't turn up fair weather and they keep, uh, they keep, they stay loyal to, to you. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of No Credentials Required. Before I do that, though, let me go ahead and thank one of our partners at Godzilla Media here locally in the 518 area. That is Mohawk Honda. It is the new year with new goals. Start your new year right behind the wheel of a new or pre-owned vehicle that fits your budget and your New Year's resolutions. Stop in Mohawk Honda and check out our broad selection of pre-owned inventory. We are here to find the right make, model, and price point to fit your budget. Our goal is to help you meet your goals. Let Louis, the VIP brand Morales, Jake Hot Sauce Doyle, Cars with Kern Swoboda, or Mark from Clifton Park, Ellis Jr. connect you with the perfect deal. And right now is the perfect time to get top dollar for your trade-in with the Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer. That's right. Same day check in your hand the day you trade in your vehicle. Just ask for Brian, buy with BMAC McKenna, Mike Bennis, Nicole Oso, or Cam. Let's do a deal McKenna or my guy, Easy Evans Whalen. Again, all of our sales and leasing consultants will make your New Year's automotive goals their top priority. Start the New Year right with just the right deal at Mohawk Honda in Glenville, where they always go out of their way to please you. All right, that's going to do it for no credentials required. Again, remind you about our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram. They have changed. Also on Facebook. They've changed. The new handle is NoCredsREQ, facebook.com forward slash NoCredsREQ. YouTube stays the same. No credentials required. Search for the channel, hit the subscribe button, hit notifications for new videos. That's going to do it for this edition of The Drop-In. This has been No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We'll talk to you again.
1: Courtesy of Joseph McDavid. Check him out and support his music at Patreon.com forward slash Joseph McDavid. Be sure to rate, share, and subscribe on multiple podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Spreaker. No credentials required. As a Sports Podcast Network production in association with Godzilla Media.